ladies and gentlemen, hello again and welcome back to Don't Worry About the Government. My name is Chris Novembrino. This is episode 521 on our march to 50,000 episodes of Don't Worry About the Government. Joining me on this step, this additional increment in that crusade is Dan Carpenter. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Chris. So am I. So am I. You didn't ask, but I just I figured I'd, I'd volunteer that. You know, what I have here in the fridge or in the microwave behind me, Dan, uh, and, and we'll depend. We'll see how I'm feeling later. I have ungodly hot chicken. Um, there is this place here in Dallas called Ricky's Nashville Hot Chicken. And uh, I, I needed to eat today. I've not been drinking enough water. I was like, spicy chicken. So I see this Ricky's Nashville Hot Chicken and they've got five levels of spice. I got level four, and the guy at the register is like, I need you to understand that this is six habanero peppers, six habanero peppers in every bite. And I like looked at him, and I was just like, buddy, bring it. Uh, that's nothing to me. I'm not scared of that at all. And he was like, I need you to understand that this is six habanero peppers in like every bite. This That's how hot this is. And I was just like looking at him, and I was like, you're a fool. You mean nothing to me. I, I disregard you. What What could you know about Spice, guy who works at Ricky's Nashville Hot Chicken? Come on. What What would you have on me on this? Let me tell you, Dan. This chicken is hot. This chicken <laughs> is really, 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 really hot. I I um made the mistake while I was driving of like you know I bought a leg. And I bought a breast. Just, and could, I, yo. just couldn't wait. I was just like, why not? no, why not? Why not? I, have, have, I bought two tenders. I bought two tenders to nibble on. I, I, you know, they had tenders. They had they had the legs. They had the breasts. I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to have the dark meat. I'm going to have the tenders. I, I went to nibble on one of these tenders. The, the pain. I'm like, I'm having PTSD from about 90 minutes ago. Uh, when I was chomping on this thing, uh, it was the biggest mistake I have made in at least three weeks, uh, maybe longer, uh, probably upwards of uh, a good six to seven weeks, honestly. Uh, it, it was unbelievably hot. Like, I it, at four, I couldn't possibly, like, I can now imagine what five is like, and five is like, you will be in the hospital if you try to eat this stuff and you've never eaten anything remotely like that hot and have no idea what your threshold is. This hurts so bad. I, <laughs> I've i got a piece in there. We'll see how I'm feeling at the end of the show here. When we get into plugs and everything, um, maybe I pull out that second tender. I eat that on air and I make fun of Cody while in extreme pain. <laughs> I, I tell you, I tell you exactly how I feel about Cody while while being in pain. How's that sound? That, it that's sounds like show, a right? sounds like a dare. Sounds like a bet. Okay, okay. Oh, you, you're daring me. Okay, you're betting me on this. Cody, get ready. Later in this episode, buddy, you're about to get buried. That's how it's going. But uh, first, the burials uh, are going in other directions here. This is. Like the scandal section when I was putting together this week's slate, I was like, my God, you could just do an entire episode of that. And we're going to kind of plow through some of that stuff relatively quickly. Uh, everyone's got scandals right now. Um, the Democratic and Republican Party are laden with politicians at a high profile level who um, are kind of rather big embarrassments to their respective parties. Uh, but first, I want to talk about Joe Biden, who 
we're going to have to get into on meteor stuff. But I saw this story the other day that a Mississippi man will serve a life sentence for 1.5 ounces of marijuana. Um, did you see this story? Be, be prior to me sending you the uh, the slate here. Um, no, no, I, I don't think it. Uh, I don't think it crossed my transom. So Alan Russell was in possession of five bags of marijuana when he was arrested, and two of the five bags contained 1.5 ounces. And Mississippi law permits a life sentence for habitual offenders if the offender served a year in prison for two individual felonies, and one of those felonies was a violent offense. So, did this guy have previous offenses? Sure. Um, what was he guilty of in this case? 1.5 ounces of marijuana, a substance that's legal all across the country. And, like, I saw this the other day, and the first thing that popped in my head is, like, this is a national story. It's a horrible story. And here is, yet again, a thing that Joe Biden could do with a stroke of a pen. Like, he could completely correct and fix this injustice. And instead, like as is the trend in many of these places, unlike Trump, who is an active aggressor and an active hand of aggression in many cases, kind of let the bull run a little bit. Joe Biden is a real violence in doing nothing sort of guy. Like a guy, yeah, he sits yeah, there's, back, there's a real, the real, trend hit that, real trend of that going this week. Yes, yes. And so I saw this story before all of the, I mean, well, around the same time as the Israel's, situation really started to peak up about 10 11 days ago here but um i saw that and that immediately stuck out to me um and i also just wanted to wish you a happy two-year anniversary of this joe biden take the thing that will fundamentally change with donald trump out of the white house not a joke is that you will see an epiphany occur with many of my republican friends it's a gem they're they're really uh they're really coming around on something uh something real new and uh since the last terrific. time we taped uh liz cheney got tossed from leadership and elise stefanik who is by any measure like done by congressional levels less conservative than liz cheney was promoted into leadership basically on the explicit statement that it's because she supports donald trump um, the, yeah. the, 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 decoupling from Donald Trump is just not happening at the. Yeah. I mean that it, it would require, uh, a lot of people to be honest with themselves in a way that people just really, really aren't unless they, uh, are, are really confronted with it and they aren't, they aren't really being confronted with it. Like the, their, the media that they consume is continuing the, the fairy tale, the, the, uh, their representatives continue to give them the the red meat that makes it all feel better. Like it's all gonna. Like the GOP been Twitter agreed. account still victims. hasn't deleted some of the big lie tweets from the big lie era. Like like Herman, they just yeah. Herman Cain's Twitter account is still tweeting, <laughs> and still tweeting anti-vax stuff. Anti-vax stuff. Guy <laughs> died of COVID. Guy died of COVID. Um. Yeah, no, I, and and the more I think about the Republican primaries, which I know to people seems so far away, but look, um, I think that twenty this round of primaries is a really good education. Like it starts right after the election. It's unfortunate; it's not the way it should go or whatever, but it does start right after the election. 
It is impossible to me from Josh Howley to Ron DeSantis to really picture a path to the nomination without Trump's explicit blessing. And so it would seem to me for any of these would-be nominee aspirants, the first thing you would want to know with certitude is that Donald Trump wasn't going to run. And at this point, the only person it would seem to me who has maybe a track at getting an agreement from Trump on that front would be DeSantis because of uh, the stuff around Trump and the way that Florida ties into that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But even that, I think, is a very outside shot. It seems to me like if Trump doesn't want if, if Trump wants the nomination, he is going to regain the Republican nomination for a third time. Yeah. 40, 48% of the uh, respondents uh, would... And, yeah, and then the, and then if you throw Trump. in yeah Don Jr. and like other like yeah, yeah. basically all, all Trump proxies, are... yeah. Sure. Um, I mean the the other way of looking at like some of those polls too is there anyone on those polls who is has any real base of support independent of Trump and like the Mitt Romneys and the Liz Cheney's and those type of people who they try to put on those polls have nothing. Um, yeah. Single digits. Yes. <laughs> The anti-never-Trump conservatives who aren't really Trump, but like don't, you know, they're not never Trump, but they're not pro-Trump or whatever. They think that there's some third way. There isn't any sort of like they have a fantasy candidate in their mind, a perfect island sort of candidate that can at once reject Trump, but also somehow not be never Trump. Um, They just haven't. They haven't really been asked to kiss the ring. Like he hasn't called your wife ugly and then made you kiss the ring, Ted Cruz style. Like yeah, brought the like forces they, of his masses, the drag posse. Like, I mean, remember what he did to Lindsey Graham where he put out the phone? Like yeah, yeah, yeah like the, I mean, yeah, dude. He was pretty ruthless in getting control of the party. And like I think it was harder to get control of the party than it is to keep it. I mean, I, you know, I'm looking, go back to that. 2015, he's got to break Graham. You know what I mean? And, like, Graham's trying to fight back. He gets broken eventually. But, like, Graham tries to fight back. Graham makes fun of Trump. Graham goes on TV, talks exactly what Trump is and is, is very candid about it. And then there's a breaking process. Um, Graham is still broken. So, uh, you know, it, it, that's just an indicator, one of many that the path to the nomination is this much easier in 2024 than it was in 2016. I I still think he's got it if he wants it. I mean, he has received this. I mean, it's population's always increased, but he has received the second most votes of any person in American history. Like it's. <laughs> and he outperformed expectations. Yeah. Uh, ab- in a absolutely. number of those states. Yeah. Given, and- given how many people had died, before the election 300 or were we in the 300s yet or? yeah i think we were we were, I, I know we were well over 250,000 dead um which, which is stunning just yeah yeah given, like, like it, and, and he numbers. outperformed expectations in popular vote like he he has a thrall on people like the 5th avenue thrall like it and i do think i'm I, you certainly see this in mainstream media, you know, liberal democratic commentary, but I also think this is true, like broader in the democratic electorate commentary. 
that people really underestimate how strong this guy's thrall is on people. And that though he is chilling out at Mar-a-Lago and like putting out those meandering statements, the second he is back, they they are going to be back with him. I, I don't think it's a good, like, I mean, everybody's going to be able to remember remember Trump, but it's I don't think it's a good thing that, I mean, it may be a good thing for all of our psyches that we aren't constantly imbibing Trump. But yeah, sure, sure. It's, no, it is. It's his his brand only can like grow and fester in the dark without like without him constantly shooting it like like shooting it down. Essentially, like I I don't I don't think uh, I don't think people growing old like the memories of Trump growing old the the worst ones going away the funny ones becoming fonder in people that are that were that inclined is going to do anything but like oh no especially as for that republican electorate times get worse under the democrats they're gonna have more and more nostalgia for well you know trump wasn't really that bad like god i I would just love to be i know he tweeted a lot but god i just wish we could be rid of kamala harris and joe biden especially like we're the eurozone is poised for a recession we like the the massive stimulus that we went through during covid like we had a recession under a disaster and we put all of this stimulus into the the economy that pushed off what was a very looming recession before yeah COVID. no i know and yeah. so it, it's that wave is going to crash at some point we we somehow like the the all the covid stimulus like that little bit of Keynesianism did a did some good in like in pushing pushing off for a little bit, but in less. I don't. But no. Just- okay. So on that front, the thing that is concerning me a lot lately, and I mean, we don't we haven't talked about it a lot on the show here too for because I thought that Bitcoin, which is a topic I didn't throw on the slate, but but I did want to kind of riff on for just a second. I love the Bitcoin hanging out between $10,000 and $20,000 as a place where counterfeiting, uh, money laundering, that sort of money laundering specifically, and that sort of thing could happen. Okay, it's a known entity. It, it has some draw and some interest in the world, but it's not going to have this economic distortive effect um, in, in a serious way. I am now moving to a position um, where I am legitimately concerned about what Bitcoin is doing to the broader stock market. Um, and thusly, because the stock market is, uh, yes, the stock market is not the economy. However, like the movement of capital through the stock market versus the Bitcoin market are two completely different things. And like the fact that more and more money is getting drawn away from the stock market into this bullshit. Like, like, little, like cryptocurrency that, is nothing. It's not real stuff. Things are going to come to a halt if there's too much, if too much of uh, our liquidity moves into these uh, things that aren't actually they're like, not like they're, uh, they're, they're not, not real they're not yeah, real things not real. Like you're not and you're not legally protected holding them um I, i'm yeah. not i don't want to I, I certainly don't want this to come off as chris is now going in defense of the stock market yeah. but, but i want to paint a picture of how 
my holdings in companies I own in the stock market are vastly different. I purchase a share of something. I now have, I get paperwork from the broker that says I have purchased this share. That is legally binding paperwork um, that, is, that is backed, uh, you know, like all of that matters. But beyond that, periodically there are actually like board elections or whatever and your share entitles you to a vote in the company you are actively holding something when it comes to a share of coca-cola you have one extra teeny tiny uni weenie weenie small vote among a giant sea of whatever um same thing with amazon you have one teeny tiny small vote but you are actively holding something bitcoin is basically digital gold like it's it's gold except unlike gold which you can actually use to alloy electronics and other hardware and stuff and actually has like a pragmatic use value that's very valuable to technology bitcoin um it is none of these things and so i'm you know i Look, I get that, you know, I talk to listeners of the show who tell me, Chris, I'm making money on Bitcoin right now. More power to you. However, if you look at the flux that is going on in Bitcoin right now, um, where where the Bitcoin market rallies up 33% and drops down 53%, shit's going on in there right now. Um, it's, yeah, inappropriate it's shit's also, going on. It's also who's... the. A lot of uh, a lot of crypto people are going to be in for uh, a similar ride to the uh, to the the GameStop folks in that it's 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 going to come down to who's cashing the check and Coinbase. Coinbase can't like when when the if a run happens, Coinbase like doesn't have the liquidity to cash everybody out, and the what's actually going to happen is the the large corporation the 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 big players are going to get to cash out before any any average joe and so it's going to be every like the crash is going to happen it's if if they isolate it in that way it's gonna it's gonna be bad for a lot of people like bad for a lot of average people but it might not tank the economy in the way that it could otherwise yeah um so I, the the GameStop comp is an interesting one. Um, yeah, I, I you know full disclosure have no holdings in GameStop, um, or AMC or any any of those uh what you know meme stocks or what we kind of call them or whatever. Sure. However, in the case of the meme stocks, at least specifically GameStop, GameStop is based off of a short squeeze. It is about squeezing short positions on the stock. Sure, uh, I ju- yeah no no I, I, meant, I but like I get the, what you're saying too. Everybody's everybody's using Robinhood, and so it's when when it came time for or a lot of people were using Robinhood, and so when and so Robinhood was able like because they were the one cashing the checks, they were the one who had written all of the written all of the contracts essentially. They yeah. were able, like they were able to prioritize how people cashed out, controlled how people cashed out. Oh um, no, I oh, the same, oh the I know exact oh, same I shit's know. gonna happen. Uh, yeah. The exact same shit's going to happen to every crypto. Like, how many of these? I think it's going to be worse. Actually, that, that oh, was yeah, yeah, yeah. I how know. Many I, I have think this is way user worse. Agreements for any of these, like, oh, there's, there, dude, there's not shit. So, like, in the case, uh, this is what I was kind of getting at with GameStop. Is GameStop's a situation that you can get yourself informed on and understand. And there's enough information out there that if you want to do your due diligence on GameStop and get involved in, in uh, the short side or the long side of GameStop, you can go and you can. 
can look at the health of the company. You can, you know, you get acquainted with what like third party literature is. With Bitcoin, there remains this big lingering question of who the hell is Satoshi? The 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 person who holds it. This would be like if GameStop had a mysterious masked majority shareholder that had the ability at any point to sell all of their shares and absolutely fundamentally fuck the company's health um and the health of everyone who is a holder uh, of that asset sure um that's what concerns me i mean hasn't i'm uh I mean, hasn't uh, didn't Musk do that a little bit to Dogecoin or whatever? Yes. I mean, Dogecoin was a yes. joke to begin with, but he definitely fucked some people. Like, uh, and like it, 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 he memified it, and then and then he would say, "Oh, that- it's all basically a scam, anyways. Don't be in Doge." Like, you know, this is the other problem with cryptos. Is my biggest problem with cryptos is is the fact that we keep saying currency at the end of it. If you want to call them crypto stocks. I guess I'm fine with that because that's essentially what you have. You have crypto stocks, as in like they are secret spooky stocks to companies that don't exist. And if you think that that's a good or fun way to like make money, um, you know, go ahead. Uh, if you need to launder some money, crypto stocks are great. Um, but like it's the fact that people think that it's currency. Like there's this like delusion that one day in the future – we will all be paying for things with our Bitcoin tokens. That's as, especially because Bitcoin continues to appreciate in value. That is explicitly why it will never make a good currency. Its lack of stability is absolutely what hurts it. Yeah. Yeah. You want commodities like silver in a way is a better commodity than gold even because it doesn't all- like appreciate as much. All of all of the guys who who paid uh, three Bitcoin for uh, like five hundred uh, five hundred uh, tabs of ecstasy on the dark web in two thousand nine are uh, a real pissed that they don't have yes that, that hundred thousand dollars now. That's a terrible like, currency. Like, yeah. I mean, when and, you're talking and, about no, those type of currencies, it's like a South American style it currency. Never, it can never be. Ad- it can never be adapted because you have that institutional memory. You have that, like, uh, like I remember when this was this, and now it's completely, like, it's completely blown out. Like, we we look at those, we look at economies with those types of currencies as failing, like, or as as dysfunctional. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I just think about like, it's not, this is not a grand in defense of gold or silver as a backing structure. I mean, I think you can do federal reserve banking and have that be fine too, but like the virtue of gold and silver as a commodity is that we have established through in the case of gold and silver, like 10,000 fucking years of human existence, what the worth is of gold and silver. And so you don't have to sit there ever at any point in your life and go, you know, there's going to be a point where my gold is going to be worth 10 bajillion million dollars. And I better not do any business today because that gold is going to go up in a serious way. You, you can look at like, inflationary charts and like you know what i mean like like they they have what's the appreciation of gold gonna be down to more or less a pretty tight tabulation at this point um so yeah you, you don't have to live like that 
Um, let's pivot uh, to the next topic here. You know what? I want to do this first. Let's do, let's do CDC mass mandates. So, Dan, CDC said mission accomplished. COVID is over. O-V-A-H, over. Um, are you still wearing your mask anywhere? Oh, I, I wear my mask eight hours a day. I, I am a, uh, I'm the in-house landscaper at a, uh, a, I guess a leisure center, like an out, outdoor mall with breweries and restaurants. And I am a relatively forward facing employee. Uh, we have, we have like the, the whole, our whole campus, whole 12 acres is edible. And so I'm constantly I'm constantly dealing with people just wandering the property like, oh, what's that tree? What, what do we got here? Uh, and so I, I was rather annoyed with the, uh, the CDC because, because I work in an outdoor place. We, we, it's private property. We can have our own rules for now. How long we can maintain those rules in the face of uh, the, face the, of the CDC yes. uh, like mandate is... Uh, it's less than um like that that really limits us it like once once the public opens up like if you don't have enough people actually wearing their masks then less people start wearing their masks for you as a worker it kind of becomes pointless yeah yeah you're just not getting the meaningful protection if you yeah at at this point it is uh it's it's still company policy that all employees like need to be masked but I, i mean i actually i personally i personally I mean, not that I like it, but it's it's a uh, it's going to be strange transitioning back. And I don't uh, know that I am. I I I bought. I mean, like that's. I I, I do a lot of. Uh, I need to wear a protective dust dust mask throughout uh, a lot of my shift anyway. Well, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, at this point, I instinctively find myself pulling up my mask as soon as anybody gets close to me, or whenever I'm doing a task that would require it. But uh, yeah, I, I even even if company policy changes, short of them asking me to stop wearing a mask, which would be a whole different thing, uh, I, I probably will continue with it in the future for at least yeah. the foreseeable future. I I this is the first year I haven't gotten like a sinus infection or upper upper respiratory infection. I can deal with that being like a, a normal uh, aspect of my life. I am seeing some serious value added in um, not getting uh, sick. Uh, like, you know, I, I don't want to keep living in quarantine or whatever. Not quarantine, but, you know, shelter in place, obviously. And I haven't been. I, I like actually, you know, I've got a duo gig booked here in June already. So, like, yeah, you know, we're going to be doing a, we're gonna be doing a party. I won't be wearing a mask during that that said same day of me booking that is i just bought a new mask so that when i go and see like wrestling shows or whatever i'm definitely wearing a mask when i go to a wrestling show uh, like it's not a terrible idea at the grocery store it's not no, a ter- i'm gonna I still mean- be wearing it at grocery store any really anytime i'm around strangers and people i'm not like trying to chum out with like if i go to a party a social function or whatever i'm gonna have the mask off um, and, and I'm vaccinated at this point. I'm going to trust that my vaccination is going to carry me on the COVID front. And I'll take my risk on the run of the mill cold and flus that are still out there. Cause I have an immune system. I should be able to handle yeah, this yeah. piece. Um, but you don't want to baby it, baby it too much where it becomes ineffective. No. And you also don't want to look like, you know, Pollyannish, but at the same time, 
Um, the CDC also kind of acknowledged that this breakthrough thing is real and that like, yeah, you, you know, you can have a breakthrough virus, uh, go through your vaccination or whatever. I don't want to chance it. I'm definitely, anytime I'm going into a high traffic public area, I'm going to be masked up still for the foreseeable future here. Um, sure. I, and yeah, no, I think I mean, the I, big I, thing I, you, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm disappointed in the CDC kind of hanging me out as a, uh, as a, I've been a, like, I was not furloughed at all. Like the, we have a grocery store on the premises. Like we were, we had, um, we had businesses that were open. And so like I, the site needed to be kept clean. The weeds, the weeds have no idea that there's a pandemic on. Like I wasn't, I wasn't furloughed at all. I worked. Why didn't someone tell them? I had, I, I wish if I could figure, if I could tell the weeds not to grow, Chris, I would, uh, it would make my job a whole lot okay, easier. Okay. So there's this dude named the Lorax. He speaks to the trees, but he might know a weeds guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Look into it. Look into it. Yeah, I will. I will. I'm, I'm, I'm chill with him. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, like I agree. Uh, what you were saying about essential workers is can kind of my steady bitch about the CDC's conduct, uh, obviously the Trump administration's conduct, but like the Democrats, they get into office and, and to me, I want them to get into office and finally take care of essential workers who the economy and society has really relied on for the last 15 months. And instead of, you know, look, the initial bill that got passed when they first got into office that they used reconciliation on, um, yeah, it was $1,400 instead of 2000 or whatever, but there's a lot of other really good stuff in there. Like if you're ever unemployed, they actually forgave the unemployment against your tax benefits or whatever. I mean, like, and then you also got a pretty large tax refund by virtue of that. And so a lot of people, you know, really did end up ahead um, when all of that was done. But at the same time, there are people who have never been unemployed throughout this pandemic, like yourself. And there really needs to be more than just, OK, here is six hundred dollars from Trump, fourteen hundred dollars from Joe Biden um, and, and another little like one time check. Like they needed to actually pass a real package for essential workers and or actually and not or and also take care of those work sites and really treat them like places where we if we are going to ask those people in those jobs to take on this additional risk we should be taking additional protective measures like real additional protective measures not just like plastic screening and stuff like that um and it pissed me off that like these essential workers we're not some of the first in line for the vaccine either. Uh, that that really got me. It's uh, it um, it was a little bit of a right when the the Gavin Newsom recall campaign. I'm, I'm for the listeners. I'm out in California. Uh, at the uh, as the Gavin Newsom recall campaign was really kicking off. Um. With, they had gotten their extension and it was looking like they were going to be on pace to get the signatures before the deadline. Um, one thing that he did that really drew my ire was he had, he uh, downgraded essential workers. Like we were going to go in, we were going to go in with the 59 or the 55 year olds. Like it was the 65 and over. And then it was going to be 55-year-olds, like teachers, uh, fr- like fr- uh, essential workers. And then he just, he pulled, like he kept the teachers, pulled all the, like pulled the essential workers and just made it 55 and over. And it's, it was just, 
you're going into a recall campaign, bud. Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? Yeah, and, and you really want to make sure the left flank is actually on your side on this because your only chance of surviving a recall campaign is having your left flank there. Yeah. Uh, I No, that, this is the time where you start throwing out the, you know, you start throwing out the goodies to the left. Like, in a recall campaign, that's what you need to do. The, per- the percentage of Californians 55 and over that are – like that are going to be his yes and no are definitely not the same way like where they would be for no yeah anybody anybody yeah um so i will various states are starting to consider financial incentives to increase vaccination numbers um one thing that has been depressing is vaccination numbers are actually as i was kind of detailing in the last episode kind of low um, and there are certain states, um, many of which are under Republican governorship, but many of them are like just in like the southeast of the country. And so it's a complicated picture. Um, but there are many states that uh, really could use much stronger and higher vaccination totals. Um, and it's, it's kind of alarming. Uh, I did see uh, I was talking about bribing people on the last episode. I did see 57 percent of vaccinated unvaccinated adults saying that a one thousand dollar savings bond like from the government or whatever, would persuade them to get a COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, 57% said uh, they would, uh, 57% of unvaccinated adults who are, who are employed said they would get vaccinated if they were required to work in person. So the one thing I didn't like about that is maybe there's a nudge that, well, we'll be able to get people vaccinated if we just end working at home, which is actually very contrary to what needs to happen going forward here. Yeah, absolutely. That was that 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 little bit of uh, language is inserted by the uh, commercial landlords of America. Yeah, this whole thing, this whole thing. <laughs> or or specifically a just bit. we work because that's like 75 percent of ownership of commercial real estate in the uh america's major cities so yeah i the the pressure from business and industry component to the mask thing is is stunning to or like does strike to me because because you might go well gee chris u.s numbers are down um and that is certainly true however at the time of this announcement the worldwide numbers for covid19 are at like near peaks um, in both infection rates and daily death rates. Um, So when the CDC is making this decision, I I guess the presumption is that COVID-19 couldn't possibly circle back around to the United States. Like it it just couldn't happen. Uh, It, it, that feels wrong. It feels like, and, and more importantly, it does not feel like the Anthony Fauci that we came to know throughout 2020, right? Like it feels like Fauci's tone in 2020 after the initial hiccup on masks and should you wear them or shouldn't you wear them? Uh, the, for the most part in 2020, Fauci sounded pretty consistent. Now Fauci sounds very situational to me. Um, I would like to see him. I would like to see him not be part of the public facing team anymore for uh, the administration. I just, he's still got insight to offer, but I do worry that his credibility peaked and that it's going the wrong way. And in the CDC, I think has also got trouble now too. Um, cause- he was, he was effective as a bulwark against Trump's nonsense because of his reputation. But at this point there are 
there are ample, credible, effective uh, people who could be in that position that the the Obama, I mean the uh, the Biden administration would be would feel comfortable appointing. Yeah, like, right. No, I mean hand, hand the reins off to a fresh face. Could be Walensky. Um, but it could be someone else. You're absolutely right. I mean, no, there's any number of people. Uh, and frankly, Fauci is worried about the safety of his wife, um, who has been credibly threatened in the last year. They're in like their late seventies slash around the age of 80. Um, I don't actually think that, and this dude's been having to deal with like, have like bodyguards and stuff. I don't know why he would continue to want to be particularly public-facing at this point. Um, I, I think uh, if they're going to say mission accomplished, okay, Dr. Fauci, it's time for you to uh, fade back into the woodwork here at this point. Um, I don't know that I believe that. Um, maybe that maybe that could be the cure for a gerontocracy, Chris. Fauci <laughs> can just have the epiphany and go, guys, what what are we doing here? Are like... We don't have that much time left. We should enjoy the rest of our lives. Why are we subjecting ourselves to this scrutiny? To to his new his new prescription bullshit. is have a good time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Doctor Fauci Just prescribes a good shades. time. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. I mean, if the have a good time mandate kicked in at eighty. Uh, we, we, you know, that's not, that's a nice way of putting it. Like it's not forced retirements. Hey, go have a good time. Go have it. Hey, hey, you've been great. Go have a good time. Go have a good time. Wh whatever you want to do. Thanks. Thanks a bunch. Thanks a bunch. <laughs> have, a, have a great time. Have a blast. Uh, you're a real hoot, a real hoot. Um, yeah. Uh, when Joni Ernst and Susan Collins heard about the CDC guidance, they pulled off their masks and yelled freedom as they stepped into the elevator on the second floor. Because Susan Collins is an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> She's a really, really dumb person who, like, it's amazing that the Beltway media just sort of, like... They, they like Collins watch, like she's really kind of mystifying and she's not, she's a corrupt Republican who sometimes votes moderate as a smoke screen. Um, and like, but she's at best a useful idiot for the Republican party, but at worst, uh, you know, a very, very good apparatchik. But I tend to think she's a bit of a dope. Like when she thought like Iran attacked the Capitol in one six, I, I think that's authentic. I don't think that's like her 4d chessing it. I think she's legitimately that stupid. Um, like it's not even a good not even a good explain away here. Um, Collins also said famously that Brett, Col Brett Kavanaugh would not end abortion rights in the United States of America. And that is a take not unlike Joe Biden's take that the Republicans are going to come to their senses. It's just aging extraordinarily well. Um, so, Dan, abortion never been in a better and safer place than this week. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean... Uh you know, it's not like the Supreme Court's getting ready to uh, to have at it with uh, the fifteen-week one. Yeah, that that's from Texas. That's from Mississippi. That's the six-week one is from it's, Texas. That's, and, that's and, insane. And that effectively <laughs> bans all abortion. Um, and and what I worry about is that the six-week one has two functions. 
Um, and the primary one's the Overton window movement function. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of saw where your, th- your head was going on that too. It's to make the 15 week one seem reasonable by coming up with one that's like absolutely overtly ghoulish. But like what the court's going to do is effectively end abortion in the country here. Uh, meanwhile, this week, the Democrats presidential blue panel commission on court reform met it was scheduled to go for 90 minutes they went for a whopping 25 so that's then, one of one of that's one of 180 days yes well <laughs> it yes yeah, so yeah it, that was the first public meeting they have 180 days now to do other things is uh when's when's the summer recess I guess I would that would include that would include this. I don't I mean I don't expect them back before then, but uh the court is set to hear these cases, I believe, in October. Uh so they would actually not be done with their commission until after the court hears the case. So uh and then they would come back and I think it would be in between when the court hears the case and when the ruling comes down. So as to be maximally yeah, that'll be real clean politics right there. It's not going to be uh, any any sort of a circus. Yeah, no. So uh, I think I think this is bad. It is sort of my my take I, on that. I concur. I, no, I I mean like very, look, it's a very astute. I no look look. I I've been doing this for upwards of ten years here. I'm coming up on my thirty five uh, spin around the planet here. The big three, five. This is bad is kind of the, the insight level that you associate with. Don't worry about the government. Uh, the Novembrino brand, no brand, um, as, as we talk about it. Just high level stuff. I, I, I applaud myself for that strong take. Uh, and I, I guess what else I would say is, look, uh, we talked for a long time about on this show for years about how the court really does matter more than the Democrats give it credit for and it's been a big problem with like neoliberal democrats establishment democrats but also in the broader coalition a real underappreciation of just how out of pocket things can get in the court very very quickly um and yes of course rbg created this situation i mean like the briar book i don't know if you saw any of the excerpts from the stephen briar book this week like there's just this real naivete among the liberals on the court um the judicial liberals, they really think that like the court is above the fray and it's not political, but then like every so often RBG would be like, oh, you know, it'd be really bad if Trump won the presidency. Think about how bad that would be for the court. Why would it be bad, RBG, uh, if you guys are above the fray and everything? It's because she knows they're not. But Breyer, Breyer thinks a lot about civility and a lot about collegiality and all of this stuff and still going along to get along. So like really right now on the court, you have Kagan and Sotomayor Breyer who won't retire. Uh, yeah. Who still, he wants to still ride it out for a minute longer. There's some like, there's some like one-on-one game theory that's like sitting at the bottom of this, that like, we need to like it needs to matter like it, it needs to to matter to democrats and we actually need to punch like you can't you can't come to this that you can't have civility when one side is the aggressor and then one side's trying to make nice like it's just not it's not how it 
that's not how you bring a bully to heel. That's not how you, like that's not how any system where one side is being the like is the aggressor and the other side is on defense. Like it's it just the bully's not going to stop bullying until it's checked by something. No, it runs into a wall. I mean, no. I mean, look at Greg Abbott and Ken Paxton though. Like I, I, these guys are really scary. This is my governor in Texas here and the state attorney general. What makes these dudes particularly scary um, for people who are not familiar with Abbott or Paxson? I, we've talked about them a fair amount on the show here, uh, more than you'd probably get on most other podcasts. Like because it's you know, Brian's Texas based, I'm Texas based. Uh, other people associated with the show and panelists with the show are Texas based, like Lindsay and stuff. Um, so we talk about them a fair amount. What alarms me about Abbott? is I don't think Abbott is a presidential aspirant. I think Abbott is a true crusader of conservatism and is really trying to move the football as many yards down the line right now. Same thing with Ken Paxton. I, although I think Ken Paxton might be actually striving to be the attorney general, which you should all be very scared about. He he is a... If, if Paxton becomes the AG under a Republican administration... He is going to make Bill Barr blush, I, I would suspect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, no, I, he's, I know. He, he's, he's a, and that's what this, the moves he is making right now, those uh, are the time. That's what he's, he's setting yeah. it up. He's, yep. he's sessioning. He, no, he sure is. I mean, he, he virtue signaled with his week before the 1-6 mutiny. Uh, like by actually setting up a court case. Remember, Ted Cruz is like, I'd like to defend that court case. Um, like, yeah, no, it was Ken Paxton's court case that he sent up there. Um, that makes him a perfect fit in a DeSantis administration where you can sort of signal to the base that you're law and order Trumpy or whatever without ever saying the T word. Um, so that you have plausible deniability in the media that's been carrying your water for you by like, you know, all the Republicans have sort of changed. Anytime, anytime Trump comes up, oh, it's a boogeyman. They're trying to be a boogeyman. You just, it's a water, yeah. water off the back, but. Oh, Democrats keep bringing up Trump. That's why we can't get rid of him. But Abbott, Abbott as a, a, an apparatchik, you like wielding Texas, wielding the current makeup of Texas, like a weapon. It like for, for the purpose of shifting over to windows or uh, for like for messaging and signaling, like you can you can throw a banner out there that can generate a lot of money. Can like it's a uh, there is fertile ground where he's he's staking his claim. Especially as Texas becomes more of a battleground state too, that only means the Republicans are going to pump more money into into Abbott's machine and Paxton's machine. Um, so how many, the, how many of their friends own media companies in Texas? Oh God. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I know. Um, so yeah, like I'm worried about that because I'm now seeing the trend here. The Texas politicians are really serving a major function in the Republican national operation. Um, and obviously I, you know, I feel like getting Ted Cruz out of government is a national service, but frankly, disempowering as much of the Republican machine here in Texas is probably a serious value added for many states across the country and not just Texas. Um, that's not, this is the Republican party is definitely setting up their last stand for Texas here. Um, cause if they lose Texas, they lose the map. Um, There's, there is one thing to be thankful for barbecue. 
Well, no, in that it's that it's still Ted Cruz occupying that seat as opposed to somebody even even like remotely charismatic or likable or what have you. Like he's beatable he's, in 2024. He's, yeah, he he's, is. A, he's a he's target. Beatable. He's 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 a lot better than anybody like who could who could who actually has any swagger who actually has any. Uh, I like, I cor- mean I, I really stuff. would make it all about his wife's and kids like like that not like about his kids but that like this is the type of guy who leaves his wife and his daughters on an island all the women well, in his life he leaves on an island whenever whenever things get going it's like oh, I'll leave my daughter behind I gotta get to safety. Yeah, mas- that today's today's trending emasculate Ted uh, is very very. Uh, I didn't even see that. Is, is a yeah. very good uh, attack line. He uh, he was uh, ranting about a U.S. Army video. He was favorably or uh, ranting about a U.S. Army video, saying it looked like we had an emasculated armed forces while praising the Russian, like a Russian uh, uh, armed forces propaganda video, which is like. Uh, Tell, tell a Texas Republican uh, twenty years ago that, uh, or actually, or no, thir- sorry, thirty years ago that. Oh, that one day you'd have this like the Russian military are tough. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Twenty years ago, that would have that would have made they would have looked at the Democrat doing that and been like, oh, see, they've always been sympathetic to the Russians. Like the the Republican turn on Russia was really a middle of the last decade thing. Like very quickly from 2014, maybe 2015 to yeah, yeah. They they turn the public opinion very quickly. Um. All right, let's go to the main course here now. Uh, as much fun as it will be, Israel. Um. Okay. So whenever we cover this on the show, it's always fraught. So I've done a lot of research to make sure that I try to get my facts as possibly in order as I can. There's always potential that I have missed some detail or another detail, but I have tried to, in my preparation for this, put together the most balanced presentation of the facts as I understand them. Um, That's my caveat aside because Israel-Palestine is one of those ones that I'll get emails about uh, and or reviews about. Um, The current round of fighting between Israel and Hamas began May 10th after, this is my own editorial note, the Israeli government repeatedly antagonized during Ramadan. Um, the political copy I'm currently reading from uh, seemed to com- conveniently omit this, uh, what I consider to be rather important detail. So to augment that, I have this from the BBC World News. Clashes in or clashes erupt in East Jerusalem between Palestinians and Israeli police. This is uh, April 14th. Palestinians are angry over barriers which have been placed outside Damascus Gate entrance to the Jerusalem Old City, preventing them from gathering there after prayers at the Old City's Al-Aqsa Mosque in what is the first night of the Islamic holy month of Ramadan. Palestinian discontent had been stoked earlier in the day when President Mahmoud Abbas had called off planned elections, implicitly blaming Israel over voting arrangements for Palestinians in East Jerusalem. Hamas, Mr. Abbas's Islamist rivals who control Gaza, were running in the elections and they reacted angrily to the postponement. Violence around Damascus Gate and elsewhere in Jerusalem continues nightly. I'm sorry, that was the 13th of April. Um, So after that, throughout the entire month of Ramadan, 
there were clashes between Palestinian protesters and the Israeli police. Meanwhile, Mahmoud Abbas kind of was doing the Israeli government a serious favor by postponing elections. Yet again, um, elections that, in a weird parallel to Netanyahu, it seems very likely Mahmoud Abbas would lose. Um, So after that, uh, there were rockets fired after the antagonism by the police, in addition to a new program of evictions being done. And I would, evictions is probably even the wrong word for it because evictions implies like you didn't pay your rent or something like that. In this case, it is like forced removals of the people from the buildings to uh, paraphrase Fugazi there for a second. Um, they are removing people from these buildings, these places that they have lived and uh, putting all their stuff on the street and saying that through the Israeli court systems, these have been ruled to be property of Israeli citizens, uh, specifically Jewish Israeli citizens. Well, first, first, they're being declared um, sites of historic significance, sites of um, um, uh, archaeologically significant sites that it is inappropriate that a dwelling is on top of because of their significance. And then uh, a few weeks later, there's just people living there. Yeah, and they they just happen to be uh, a very uh, they just happen to be Jewish now instead of uh, the the Palestinians that were, or they happen to be Israeli instead of the the uh, yeah instead of Palestinian right Palestinians um, who had yeah. been living there for fifty years since yeah yeah so this inflames Hamas who is also mad that. Abbas is not having elections and Hamas is just, I mean, they've been slowly getting starved out here in, in Palestine. And I'm not saying that necessarily in like deep sympathy. They, they don't, you know, they're not, you know, morally perfect organization either, but like they are slowly getting choked out and and not unlike the entirety of Gaza, right? Like uh, as this is happening, one of the things that's not lost on me is the vaccination rate in Israel which Israel has been very quick to tout as like one of the world's best 57% are fully vaccinated in Israel. Um, in Palestine, it is currently around 2%. Um, it might even be a little bit lower. Um, and, and like that disparity is actually, uh, more pronounced and then the casualty disparity here. But even that, I mean, you have 230 Palestinians killed here. Um, meanwhile, the Israelis, what is it like 15, 12, 12? 12, 12, uh, to 230, um, 63 children and 39 women, 1700 people wounded over 55,000 displaced 50 schools have been destroyed across the region, which will disrupt the education for nearly 42,000. Yeah. 12 people in Israel, a five-year-old boy, a 16 year old girl. If I tried to do that, um, with, with the Palestinians, we'd be here for a very long time. And so the fact that you can even kind of pare it down to like these little micro tragedies or whatever really does sort of, you know, it, it, it serves it to illustrate the disparity. The yep. Yeah. Yep. It serves to illustrate the disparity. It sure does. Um, so since the fighting began, Gaza infrastructure already weakened by the blockade or blockade uh, has deteriorated further. Medical supplies, water, electricity running low in the territory. There was a nice fundraiser done by a lot of bread tumors and stuff, which I think was getting like, I don't know, I saw like upwards of $250,000 out to uh, people in Palestine. That's great. That's good stuff. Um, but like th- this whole thing has been, 
yet another chapter in what seems to just be a long and steady choke out of Palestine. Yeah, there's there's these really tragic moments in history. Like, um, I I I don't think like Israel thought they were going to be able to continue to like the 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 ceasefire that went in this morning or to this morning their time today this afternoon here in the states. Um, like they knew that was inevitable. There's there's these moments like at the end of World War One, where um, or the end of World War Two, where peace peace is inevitable, or like the, you know the fighting is going to be stopped. Like the the Allies are marching on Berlin. You, you have um, you know that that peace is inevitable, and generals grab they try and grab for. Um, grab for extra land like you have you have these final pushes where like the 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 treaty's right, already, right, been, right, signed. Yeah, treaty's we, we, already we, been signed and fifteen thousand men get uh you want to get like, some acreage to, yeah um I, I, that's what a, a little bit of what like the the past few uh, these these last 10 days have have felt like or have have seemed like it was very um it's so asymmetric it's so uh, and to me, it felt like the Israelis really won this in the sense that like they were able to blow up like a press building and they didn't even get the US government to draw a line publicly at other like, hey, you guys better not blow up another press building uh, for yeah. example. Yeah, the a- the AP fired a reporter today for having been in uh, a pro Palestinian group in college. Like Israel blew up their headquarters in Gaza, and they fired a reporter over her her ties to. Uh, I-, I mean, which which is group. no. Here, here's what's crazy about that, right? Like, so this is not to say that everyone who did who is Jewish does this, but if you are Jewish, the nation of Israel will literally pay for you to go over to Israel and like have a vacation and like experience Israel and travel around and do all of that. So then the question would be if, if the AP is going to fire someone for being part of a pro Palestinian group, would you then fire any reporter who had taken advantage of what Israel considers to be a birthright to them? No, because that's not the nature of the relationship. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And and, and it's, if it's not, not it's if not, not why not? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean yeah. there is there's a real tension here that yearns to be resolved. Um and, and I mean I think much like marijuana, um it's yet another place where Biden is finding himself increasingly out of step with the younger Democratic base. Um it's Absol- there's a real tension here. There's a real tension I here. I didn't think, uh, I mean, I, I don't think he was ready for like quarter of a million people marching in Detroit. Like the, the day that, the day that he's flying into Dearborn. Like, uh, yeah. And, and mean, those are going to get worse. I suspect. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, it's, I, it's May. <laughs> yeah. It's May. The pandemic's not even over. Vax rates are low. People are still masking up and going out. But like, I, I think among many in the Democratic electorates, it's an interesting schism. Um, and we actually see it inside of our own little, don't worry about the government group here too, where you have like, 
you've got people who are riding with Biden. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean like Biden standing, but like, you know, Biden's fine. Like we, we, you know, the due to Biden's, uh, that sort of situation, but there are also a decent chunk of people associated with this show. Hi, how you doing? Um, and, and others who are looking down the barrel of this Biden-Harris Democratic Party and going, this is not where I need liberal politics to go. Um, or the Democratic... Fuck liberal politics. The Democratic Party. I mean, there's only two parties. and that's Where this party's politics go. I need this party to go in a different direction than what Kamala Harris and Joe Biden can bring. And how do we even get there from here? At this point, I mean, it really does feel like an insurmountable hill. I know, I know that after the un, the primaries didn't work out the way people wanted, there was like a lot of sue saying of like, "We'll get him next time, bro." I am looking at that hill, and it's like trying to beat Trump for the Republican nomination here this next time. I just like, I if you ask me which one would I rather do, try to bop off the Harris. Biden Democratic ticket or bop off Donald Trump running for his second re-election. I don't know which one's easier. Um, I know there are a lot of people who think that Kamala Harris can easily be felled. And like, yes, she in certain ways was unimpressive in that primary. She's much like Trump going to reclaim a nomination here. And it's going to be much, much easier for her. It's a totally different process. Absolutely. Um, That's, that's part of why, that's part of why I, I like jump on uh, I jump on Mr. Inside Jokes uh, uh, framings all the time, and like we we like to clown on some of the the really like red tuby or like far leftist uh, far leftist bad takes. Um, oh yeah, sure, sure. I I, but, I mean, look, look bad takes like, are fair game in all spectrums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I. I I find utility in those people because they are, they are the threat of like, you better do better. Or like, this is these, this person has a hundred thousand followers and you're going to have a bunch of these people knocking on your door. If you don't get like, get at some least shit together. they want more, at least they want more. I'll give yeah. them that. I'll give the, I, sometimes more is not always better. Uh, but like, but yeah, I, no, I, like I feel him, you. I like them as a threat. I like them as a, like, Hey, Listen, you gotta get it. You gotta do a little. I know. Bit to, to your point, I see no. I see no value. You. T- I see no utility in Biden's soothsaying. If Biden could earnestly be doing better, like if Biden could pardon the man who got convicted for one point five ounces of weed, um, as just an easy, simple win. Like I don't actually understand why there would be utility. And being the person who delivers the take of actually, it's great that Biden is leaving this guy to rot in prison for the rest of his life because he got popped for 1.5 ounces of weed. Like, I don't see a value in that. Um, like, it's that, like, okay, you go, oh, that's an extreme example. But no, it's not. It's a bad he's, policy he's provi- in defending it. Yeah. He's providing jobs to prison, to, to the prison industrial free, but yeah, to the prison industrial complex. There are catering companies. Airmark makes a lot of money off of our prison industrial complex. That's, Do you that's really true. want the CEO of Airmark to have like one less uh, like koozie on his yacht? The koozies are important. Uh, you know, a good structural koozie really sets off the yacht, is what I like to say. 
Um, all right. Do you want to get to the scandal roundup uh, now? Yeah, let's let's do it. Was there anything else in the Israel section that we needed to get to? Um, obviously, Biden did the weapon sales. He shouldn't have done the weapon sales. Um, I'm glad that like Talib and Pocan and uh, Ocasio Cortez uh, are trying to get that revoked, um, at least on some level. Um, you know, I, I mean, the problem with Biden is just very clear. He just doesn't have a problem with what what Netanyahu's doing on any real level. Free Beacon tried to dox AOC yesterday over over it. Did you did you catch that? No, that no. What? Yeah, what did they what did they try to dox her on? Uh. They, they, uh, uh, the, I think Breitbart seized on it. It was, she had illegally, allegedly, uh, there was a white Tesla illegally parked outside of the Whole Foods in the building where her, uh, where her uh, luxury, where her apartment is. And they posted a picture of what is allegedly her car and uh, at the location of what is alleged, like of what is allegedly her apartment. Uh, the day that she was coming out uh, coming out after Israel. So whether or not it was actually her car irrelevant, that wasn't the that wasn't the point. It could have been somebody else's white Tesla that they drove and parked there as an excuse to do it. It's just really, really shitty and trying to get somebody assassinated. No, this is illustrative of a bigger problem that I have with media right now. Is we're we're in this real, real American news desert where you have CNN, MSNBC, and like, I mean, I was watching Tapper's framing on uh, the Israel-Palestine situation and his, ha- his, his framing on it was absolutely atrocious. Um, and I mean, he, has, he has a long history on that though. Tap- he Tapper was probably one of the worst. Yeah, he's worst not great. Yeah, no, he, he, yeah, he's, he's, very, he's very bad on that. Um, but I mean, you often see the way the media frames the Democratic stuff. It's like Joe Biden is doing the absolute best he can. And what you would love to have is a sober, alternative, critical, but not necessarily hyper agenda driven, but like neutral, critical news source, not neutral, but like, you know, a news source is that de- that decides that the correct posture at all times is to be adversarial, whether it's Democrat, a Republican, a socialist, a libertarian, that the point of that news service is to serve as the adversary. I think we we spent we spent a bunch a bunch of time at the beginning of the show kind of uh, tagging on some of the silliness of the Republican electorate right now. And yeah, like the, the fo- following the following Trump is the Pied Piper. Um, but their media is also deranged too. That's what I was getting I, at. Yeah. yeah their, their, media their media is also their media is, it's, and, and thus like, it's really useless to like us. It doesn't serve as a meaningful way of analyzing the shortcomings of establishment media because it's just deranged fever dream shit. But I, I think we're also, we're also in a state where like if, if NPR was given, was like giving Biden like a, a like a real even keeled uh, shake. The, the, the and they're better than most. They, I'll, I'll give. They, I'll no, grant no, them. They really are be better, better than, than most. most. But you would have. You would have. Uh, they would experience blowback. Like I think they would experience blowback from from the the, the trustees, left, the center left yeah, side yeah, of the spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Like. 
Like oh, that's that's why BB, BBC lefty. World Service BBC World Service is really great for really great for the outside coverage. Like I, I mean, like I almost I, I almost would rather listen to for, like uh, foreign journalists try and cover like American politics. That's Even what I'm doing. I, I, I got, read Politico and I watch foreign news. I've got I have the the bank of context that uh, is a lot of times the downfall of some of their like some of their stuff. Like they just don't have. They don't have as much of the institutional memory of American politics to put two and two together, but they're at least caught like they're at least calling balls and strikes. Like you, you get like a much less uh, kayfabed uh, like take on it. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. And because you're just like those journalists don't actually have to do the dance with the Democratic and Republican politicians. So they're not worried about access. So yeah. uh, that's the one, the difference between international news, I like, so if, if I was living in the UK, I would want news from not the BBC because the BBC's journalists are worried about access to the British politicians. American journalists are worried about access to American politicians. Um, in addition, another problem is that Certain American news outlets, MSNBC and Fox in particular, Fox kind of the originator, MSNBC now a worthy uh, competitor, um, it, it, they trade in really being the propaganda news arm of their respective parties. And as such, they're even more, they're in a way not, con they're not concerned about access because they have the Democratic politicians' access and they don't need the Republican politicians' access. And it, 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 it's turned into the, the daytime news, nighttime opinion formula. Of yep. you, you just get, you, you just get your, uh, you get your marching orders. Yes. Essentially. Yes. Um, and whatever, so whatever part is it, whatever color you're wearing. And, and so they just don't simply serve a real good analysis. Like they do to a certain point, yeah. but like they also don't at, after a certain point. Um, and that's, that's where I've really been leaning on international news and stuff. And I actually do that same point. Business. I can read a, I can read a press release. <laughs> y yes. Right. No. Whereas, whereas when I'm reading us financial news, um, that is, it's much more, they're not concerned about access. So it's more balls and strikes. Yes. It's a little pro business or whatever on time, but like just have to figure out which ones you're talking about. Um, but yeah, us news, not great. Um, moving on though, let us talk now about the scandals. There are so many of them. I, we're like not going to have time to get to all of them or like into all the details of them. Um, let's just actually go like topic by topic here real quick. Trump. Um, what do you think about the new developments in the Trump scandal? Um, how well acquainted are you, are you, and do you need me to do a quick recap? Um, I, I'm, I'm really hoping to wrap up some Koopa kids in this. I know that, I know the Trump or, or organization is under, uh, the, the charges have moved from, um, civil to actually, uh, criminal. criminal yeah. Um, uh, I mean, the asset valuation really thing is going to be a real problem. I think, I think if they've got Weisselberg here, um, based off of Cohen's testimony, um, some of which was from AOC, like in her line of questioning or whatever. We talked about that being a really substantial inflection point. Um, if they've got Weisselberg flipped, um, and I mean, right now we have uh, whether taxes were paid on fringe benefits, including cars and tens of thousands of dollars in private school tuition for at least one of Weisselberg's grandchildren. Weisselberg needs to get his grandkids out of hot water here. 
Um, and do you think Weiselberg is going to sell out Donald Trump, a guy who's never been too shy about a, the occasional anti-Semitic joke, um, to you know protect his kids? I tend to think he will. Um, yeah, I, I think this is this is a real problem for them. Yeah, uh, I, this is one of the consequences from the. I, I'll, I'll have to say this: well, the best thing about the one terming of Donald Trump is that all these cases have been able to move forward. And like, this is a thing that absolutely could not have happened if Joe Biden was not elected president. And like, absolutely. And, and I am very glad because this asset devaluation thing seems very one open and shut. Um, it seems like there's a really obvious paper trail to all of this stuff. Because you have on one hand, they have to file paperwork with a bank to claim what the asset is. And then on the other hand, they have to file additional paperwork with the federal government. If those paperworks are not harmonized, um, they fucked. I don't know how I don't know how they're getting out of that one. Uh, and I'm yeah. guessing and it seems like based on the Cohen testimony, this is a pattern of behavior, which probably doesn't shock anyone listening to this show, but like, I mean, this is the way they did business for like decades. Um, I he's in trouble. As, as much as uh, I, God, I hope the hammer falls, falls with divine justice, <laughs> but um, we can't forget that he's a rich man in America. Yes, yes, and, absolutely. And that actually, like the precedent states that rich men in America kind of get away with a lot and that to, to really break from... It's hard the, to get the, the Dominic Strauss-Kahn's. It's hard to get the Dominic Strauss-Kahn's. Yeah, and and to break from to break from that tradition, I think I think he'll get hit with something. To have it really, I, or I don't know, somebody somebody's gonna go down. I think he's gonna send one of his kids to prison to to get out of it himself. He'll 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 say like, oh, I'm too old to go to prison, and make one of the make one of the fail sons. Uh, bite that bullet for him since they were they've they may have been or no they weren't running it at the time i guess um no i i don't i don't know how you dump it on the kids here but i i also i i think um like a a, a biden justice department that like that's not that's not his style that's like that's he he's too uh like well I, I this don't isn't think, his like, justice department that's, this is this is New York. This is Letitia. Oh, oh yeah, this is yeah, the, it's Letitia yeah. James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean that that's and oh the, yeah, no, that could that could make her governor. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I, 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 if you want to harmonize Rudy, the Democratic electorate, became Rudy Giuliani became mayor of New York after rapping uh, Mog. Oh, dude, if Letitia James could, sent Rudy away, oh, oh yeah, man. oh yeah, no, I mean. Not for not. I mean, Democrats would have the Democrats would have a hard time. I mean, a lot of people would have a hard time really hating seeing Rudy Giuliani go away because of Letitia James doing like, yeah, the work. Um, so, yeah, no, Rudy, Rudy might be the guy in the crosshairs at this point. Now, now you're you're putting this into the context. Another interesting presidential politics component of this is that Florida officials are preparing contingency plans for Trump indictment as the Manhattan District Attorney's criminal investigation enters final stages. Florida or law enforcement personnel in Palm Beach County are preparing a thor or four thorny extradition issues that could arise from a provision in Florida law that gives the governor, that would be DeSantis, the authority to order an investigation into, quote, the situation and circumstances of the person in question and whether the person ought to be surrendered to another state if they're indicted. So... Trump goes to prison. Uh, 
goes to prison in New York. DeSantis uh, gets him extradited to Florida where he lives in like the, like essentially like a hotel room of a jail cell. Well, he's basically living in Florida right now. So like the, well, re- the, the, the extradition here in this case is that he's residing oh, in bed. Yeah. DeSantis could deny the, ex- the extradition to New York. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. What, uh, what a time. What a time. And to that would put DeSantis in a real pickle. Because, I mean, here's the thing. If you if you sell out Trump, that is it. It is over. I can't your ass. I don't care. That's, you, that's how Ron DeSantis becomes. Bag of Jackson. Yeah, it's not going to help you. That's how Ron DeSantis becomes the the Republican nominee. It's because I, he I know, has I to mean, save. He has, like, Trump can't serve because he's he's on the lam in Florida. So This is where be. I think, if Trump does this, Tim, this is where DeSantis is in a real situation. Because either you send Trump away and uh, you go, I have the best shit to win the nomination. But if you send Trump away, you are you are dead. You are he dead. Can't, he can't. Yes. Yeah, the no. Earth, Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene merge into a megazord of stupid, a magazord, um, and, and they like come after you with fiery death, Ron DeSantis. So then the alternative is he needs to broker a deal with Trump wherein he protects Trump, weathers the storm, and solidifies the Republican base around DeSantis as the guy who's protecting Trump. Trump can't run, but... Yeah. He can stay here in the safe harbor of DeSantisville. Oh, God. Florida. Florida president. No. No, Chris. No. I know. I know. DeSantis of all. No. And Florida DeSantis is he's a scary stage. guy. He's a scary guy. Um, same with Gates. Like, like these, these dudes are, like, scary. And f- I know that they're both easy to laugh at and they have, like, derpy faces or whatever. But, like, they're legitimately scary political entities that have the force of Donald Trump, who is a serious... It's why Marjorie Taylor Greene is not Michelle Bachman. Um, yeah, yeah it, it, that's why. It's why she's not Sarah Palin. Um, she has the force of Trump behind her. Um, and all that the, all means the country, something. All the country club Republicans ne- laughed real nervously once, like, with the uh, the Sarah Palin thing. They were they were willing to go along with the Bachman thing if it, if it got it, like, if it got them a seat, but it's uh this is yeah, not but- where they want to go this is not where they want to go speaking of gates um let's do matt gates and then we can do bill gates um so matt gates uh god wh- where are we even at with matt gates at this point his friends uh, going to stooge on gates and like we've now got like to like cocaine parties and very specific allegations against gates that are starting to leak out here which Lead you believe that the case against Gates is very substantial and specific, yeah. very specific. Yeah, very specific details. Very uh, bad. Um, yeah, lurid details. Yeah. Uh, I mean, amazingly though, and, and a further testament to like, is this Republican Party coming to their senses? Um, no. Like the Republican electorate has not abandoned Matt Gates, even though like, you know, we've come a long way from Roy Moore, baby. Uh, you know, Roy Moore. We heard that, like, you know, he was diddling in a 17-year-old. We're like, that's wrong. 34-year-olds shouldn't diddle in 17-year-olds. That's wrong. Um, then Matt Gates, like, we have, like, his Venmo stuff going on here. And other th- I mean, like, the, the dots also- and the available info on Matt Gates is fairly strong. And we're still not abandoning ship on him. 
Roy Moore, you had something. Like, I mean, like, I, I don't expect anything from Republicans. Like, they're not going to. But even the like, National Republicans did actually cut the cord on Roy Moore eventually. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, like, I, it's, it's, dude, I'm not saying they were like, they really stood their ground that time and they were noble, but they actually were like Roy Moore child diddling. Okay. Enough. Um, but, but we've, we've moved past that. Like, we broke through the Roy Moore threshold. Um, yeah. it's, well, so that's because it, it didn't. <laughs> Well, actually, yeah. They, and then ironically, QAnon no became popular. Like, the thing is, Roy Moore, child diddler, runs for Congress. Then the Republican electorate becomes enthralled with this omnibus conspiracy where everyone's doing all this child raping. Um, yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, uh, Bill Gates. Um, boy, uh, the stories just get worse and worse with this dude. So did did Bill Gates strangle Jeffrey Epstein? Is that where we're landing on this? Tell you what, uh, I mean, anyone who's telling you that Jeffrey Epstein died of natural causes is absolutely fucking crazy. <laughs> like, it's the only thing I have in common with a lot of those right wing podcasts. No, you're not going to convince me that Jeffrey Epstein died of natural causes. Hell no, yeah. hell no. Um, it, it's very obvious. Someone with money, I don't know, Bill Gates comes to mind, um, made sure that this job got done. Um, yeah, Melinda, Bill Gates. Melinda, uh, asked him, Melinda asked him for a divorce, and he proved how serious he was about ending his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein by hiring somebody to break his high strength women in jail cell. I mean, in Minecraft, uh, these are not. The, the the thoughts expressed by Dan.tm are not the the thoughts of uh don't worry about the government. Yeah, no, no. Look, look, uh look, um I think uh that uh I th I think these I think Bill Minecraft Gates is capable of a lot of things. Uh I, I think I think the world of what Bill Gates is capable of is a very big and expansive world. Um and uh yeah, he's he's a really rotten dude. I don't have a lot more to say, but I mean like I, I think that for a long time, uh, you know, there was maybe more in the 2010s. There's this whole debate of can you like ethically be a billionaire or whatever. And I think the only exception I could come up with when I was looking at a list this week was Paul McCartney, and it's Paul McCartney only because like he literally only became a billionaire like in the last couple of years or something like that. Like so like he's not even a real true billionaire. And you can even argue McCartney probably yeah, could give away. You have to create an insane amount of uh intellectual property in your twenties and then right, have it, right, like, right, 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 literally right. grow over a fifty year span. Uh, <laughs> and, and to that point, no, like McCartney, you could actually probably argue in terms of like commercial value or whatever that McCartney's wealth is actually like earned wealth or whatever. Like, I mean, like, well, that's that's usually that's. I mean, my my very solid opinion on that is that nobody has ever earned a billion dollars. But actually, maybe, he's maybe, he's a really Paul, hard like, case. He's a, he's a very he is a very compelling case. Yeah. Um. I don't know. There's people who had who deserved a billion dollars but never got it. But right, no, no. I, I certainly, I like, like, and I certainly. I, it's the, it's literally the only one I could come up with. Uh, yeah. Oh, it, 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 yeah. But I saw it when I was like, oh shit, that was actually a tough one to just kind of wave off. Because like McCartney, glad, it, 
Yeah. I use that argument, and I'm not going to stop using that argument, but I'm glad that I know that Paul McCartney can come at me. I'm yeah, no, it. right? Yeah, yeah, no, the, 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 McCart- the McCartney rebuttal is one that you have to seriously, like, consider now. I, I might have to just make it a straight-up exception. He's just an asterisk. Yeah, no, it gets included in the fr- in the uh, the framing of the question. Unless you are Paul excluded. McCartney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, but... Other than him, it's really the only one I can think of. Um, maybe some athletes or whatever. May, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, boy, you can argue it on a commercial level, but like, I mean, you know, here's the thing, especially with like sporting events. How, I mean, what is the fraction, you know, fraction of people going back and listening to old Beatles albums? It's like literally every, every Beatles fan. Fraction of people going back and watching old Chicago Bulls games. Oh, yeah, it's a much, much smaller microcosm or whatever. Uh, Anyways, um, last topic here. Susan Collins, in the news because of a scheme to illegally finance Collins' 2020 election bid, not necessarily tying back to her, unfortunately, to my chagrin, to my just. I was so disappointed to come across that line. I hated that line. I hated it. I hated it because I read the headline. No, I know. I hate her. She's stupid. She's dumb. And I want to go away. Like, hate this woman. Everyone thinks she's so smart. She's not. She's an idiot. Um, No, uh, but no. They're very concerned. She is. It's a very concerning situation. It really is. Um, Susan Collins is very concerning. Yeah, yeah. She's concerned. I'm concerned for her. All right. That's the end of the slate here. Dan, do do you want the chicken experience? Are we doing the chicken experience? Or do you have? How how are you feeling? How you? you, I I mean, I'm feeling. I'm feeling good. I mean, real quickly before I pull out the chicken, Patreon.com/slash/dwatg is where you can go to support the show. And if you want to see me suffer the chicken, that's how you would be able to see the chicken experience. Um, what were you, what were you going to ask though? I just, I, 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 initially it was a question, but I, it, I, uh, I came to the resolution that yeah, it, Cody, Cody definitely deserves whatever's, whatever's coming as well. Oh, I got this. Yeah, this yeah. is going to really, like, does, this does is going to really shove it in Cody's face in a way that Cody's going Cody's not gonna know it hit him. Uh, watch this. Watch this. Here we go. We got a lot of shit going on in this microwave here. Um, we're gonna get go away, Shadow. Yeah, a little bit of that. A little bit of that going on here. Okay. So look at look at the spice level. On this frig, uh, yeah, no, it's like I'm, the- I am a, I am a, uh, a hot pepper and spice enthusiast. I love, I love my, uh, my ghost pepper hot sauces. There's a, there's a, uh, a hot pepper sauce or a, a hot pepper shop, hot sauce shop down in, uh, down in Key West called Peppers of Key West, where you can, you can sit there and have your, your hot sauce bartender just slowly ramp up the levels of heat on you, and it was. It was a fabulous, it was an amazing experience. I left there completely beat red, sweating, uh, just completely loaded up, but uh, it's great. I mean, it's like, uh, it's like doing yoga. Or, yeah, or we're, like, we're doing uh, this, we're doing like this with a good, sauce. We're doing, because uh, the, sweat going. this is the, the comeback sauce, or the, the, yeah, the comeback sauce here. A little bit of sauce here. Um, this shit is good though, fellow Texans. 
Oh shit. It's still really hot. Eric, do you have an important question to ask me right now while I'm like suffering in pain? What, I thought I thought I'm we happy were, to answer I any. any oh, Cody. Direct invective yeah. at Cody. I was Cody's, say, direct Cody's an idiot. Like this, this, this. Cody sucks. Cody sucks. Get away, Yuffie. Yuffie is staring into the. Yuffie, you hate Cody too, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cody stinks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell him what else. Tell him what else. Patreon.com. Slash DWATG. Support the show. Damn, this, even with the sauce, this is still, like, unbelievably hot. You're actually, you're you're making me really hungry. I'm, I'm like, I'm craving some, some spicy fried chicken now. This... Uh, Ricky's baby, Ricky's Nashville hot. Uh, th- this is this is the commercial for y'all. I want to say, I want to say, uh, in the the end of 2019, when my wife and I were on our honeymoon uh, through through Texas, I want to say I tried Ricky's Nashville hot. Like when you when you said the name, it I it is it is a it is a a name that I recognize. I don't think I got the insanely hot wings, but. I feel like I feel like I may have I may have Ricky's. I was in an RV, so I wouldn't have wanted to do a, a four or five. <laughs> no, my die. Oh God, no, you wouldn't want. No, I mean I, I'm regretting that. That was that was hot. We gotta go for the close. Dan, where can people find you on Twitter? D L Carpenter at or at D L Carpenter on the on at the D L Carpenter. Usually uh, in your usually in your replies. In my replies, too. Um, at DWATG is uh, the show's homepage. Uh, my name is Chris Ovenbrino. Don't worry about the government. can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, patreon.com slash DWATG. Oh, God. Um, uh, the listener support show. I want to thank you all so much for supporting the podcast. Cody sucks. Oh, Cody. This is, uh, all, and, it's all, this is all Cody's fault. This is Cody, what an idiot he is. I can't believe he did this to me. Uh, until the next episode, uh, bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.